You are tuned into Canadian Patriot Radio, and my name is Critch. Okay, my friends, we are going to do kind of a news roundup in the bulk of the show today. Um, Senator Ron Johnson had another roundtable with pretty much the world's experts on what exactly the COVID shots are and what they're doing. And um, it's a very good roundup that I had found through the Ben Armstrong show. So when we get into the bulk of it, We're going to turn it over to his show and just let him kind of give you the highlights out of that. Um, The whole thing was about three hours long, um, and it's worth a watch, all of it. But to fit it into a show, I had to find a format to uh, basically deliver it, you know, within roughly about an hour. Before that, though, I would like to point out what is going on in South South America, um, particularly Brazil. With their corrupt election. Now, this first one came to us by way of the links, and it's a News Punch article. And the title reads, Brazilian military begin executing Lula da Silva officials as Bolsonaro declared real president of Brazil. This was written on December 5th, 2022 by Sean Aldtadbibi. I hope I said that right. <laughs> Okay, the Brazilian military has executed several top leaders of the notorious communist-allied Red Command cartel as the country prepares for the inauguration of President-elect Jair Bolsonaro. The executions which took place in the early hours of the morning occurred just days after the Brazilian military declares Bolsonaro the true president of Brazil following evidence of a rigged election. The gatewaypundit.com reports, in an unusual step for the military, the army has invaded uh, favelas of Rio de Janeiro and killed top leaders of the Command Vermelo, Red Command Drug Cartel, which supports the communist criminal Luis Inacio Lula da Silva. Observers take this to indicate the beginning of a federal military intervention. The drug gangs were the only ones to celebrate the alleged um, election victory by criminal Lula October 30th, firing automatic weapons into the air of the favelas. President Bolsonaro cracked down hard on Brazilian drug gangs. The heads of the drug trafficking of Moro de Juramento and Juramentinho identified as Rodrigo Barbosa Marinho known as Rolinha, or Tito Rolinha, and Hevelton Nascimento Jr., or the bad boy, respectively, were killed during a military police operation in Vincent de Cavallero on Thursday. Three other suspects died in the action, and one, who was also injured, is imprisoned in custody in the hospital, Odia reports. Uh, the drug cartels are the armed wing of the communist. Commando Valmelho controls part of Rio de Janeiro and was formed in 1979 as an alliance between cartels and communists. If they are eliminated, the risk of civil war will be significantly reduced. <clears throat> Biden's national security advisor, Jake Sullivan, will be in Bra- uh, Brasilia today, Monday the 5th, for a meeting with corrupt criminal Lula and members of his coup. The main item on the agenda is the charge for Brazilian government to clearly condemn the war in Ukraine and engage with the U.S. and European partners in the supply of weapons to the Zelensky regime. (laughs) O Antagonista reports, The CIA has been 
undermining election integrity in Brazil since last year, at least, with Sullivan and Biden CIA director William Burns visiting Brasilia to threaten President Bolsonaro directly. Hundreds of thousands of Brazilians were protesting again on the weekend, standing outside army bases and pleading for the military to save their country from the communists and cartels. The corrupt superior electoral court moved up the date to certify the stolen elections from December 19th uh, to 2 p.m. on Monday, December 12th. Observers believe that the pro-communist court wants to move quickly to install their candidate, Lula da Silva, possibly even moving up the certification of, of the steal to this week. The inauguration is scheduled for January 1st. This put pressure on the military high command to act before it is too late. Speaking to Steve Bannon, Brazil observer Matt Tiermond pointed out that pro Bolsonaro, um, the pro-Bolsonaro military would be in danger of being purged if the corrupt criminal Lula takes power. It's off to the gulags then, Tiramad noted. The military deputy prosecutor general, Carlos Federico de Oliverio Pereira, sent a letter to the military prosecutor general, Antonio Pereira Darte, November 25th, noting the failure to comply with the steps requested by the Ministry of Defense when inspecting the electronic voting system. The letter also complained of possible interference of foreign companies in the electoral process, which could not be verified since the military of the, of the aforementioned team does not, have a bro- does not have broad access to information relating to the electoral process, unlike these big tech companies which maintain partnership with the electoral court. There should be an investigation into a, a possible crime against the country's external security regarding a possible cyber attack, the letter states. The official declaration of Article 142, which allows the military to intervene in the case of a conflict between the branches of government, is expected this week. Soldiers were seen joining the protesters and instructing them to remain calm when action comes. Drivers cheered military convoys deploying to strategic locations throughout the country. Troops have been deployed to the Venezuelan border to guard against communist invasion. Speaking before the Brazilian Senate, retired regional election magistrate Sebastião Colin again called for the arrest of corrupt Chief Justice Alexander de Moraes, who has been carrying water for the communist takeover. Uh, <clears throat> Coelho stated that he had retired from his bench August 19th in protest against Moraes, who was waging war in his country, but I believe the Brazilian people will win. Marias is committing crimes, Coleo said. Every illegal decision he makes is a crime. Marias has given Coleo three days to retract his call to arrest Chief Just- the Chief Justice. He said, but I am reaffirming that call, Coleo said to, to the standing ovations. The Brazilian people are the victim of a coup by the Supreme Court, Coleo said. Therefore, the president must invoke Article 142 of the Constitution to enable the armed forces to act. This will be portrayed as a coup, but it is actually a counter-coup. Brazilian Indios are also protesting the fraud since there were allegedly zero votes from the indigenous territories for Bolsonaro. Everybody already knows the election was stolen, says Chief Roney, before the Senate on 11.30. What are we waiting for? Brazilian Indios support Bolsonaro because racist neo-colonial Western climate activists are trying to take away their livelihoods and make them live in poverty again. So there you have it. Um, This is what happens uh, with a country that isn't afraid to take action uh, during a corrupt uh, election. Now, we've seen two of them now in the U.S., and I think a lot of Americans are watching what's going on in Brazil and taking notes because um, we'll see what happens. You know, so they certified the election in Arizona, or uh, Katie Hobbs certified her own corrupt election in Arizona. And I know a lot of us were watching that one because that's the Flagstaff uh, that's kind of going to be ground zero for what what's going to happen in the U.S. for corrupt elections going forward. So we'll see how that plays out. So I don't think it's any surprise that it was certified, but I guess how Americans react, particularly Arizonans, uh, will determine you know how this is going to go move going forward. And I mean, when you've got when you compare like Florida to Arizona with like what three times the population, and they can have their election done in one night, and Arizona takes three weeks. Uh, that's just, I mean, that's a red flag for corruption. But anyway, the reason I brought you this article is because this is the, the 
an example being set by the Brazilians on what to do when the globalists cheat you out of a free and fair election, which is happening all over the world. Selected puppets of the globalists have been set in power. Like, look at Trudeau. We've talked about this extensively on this show. It's amazing that um, Dominion was present in Toronto, and for some reason, um, Trudeau won the two biggest ridings in the GTA that were surrounded by conservative uh, ridings that went conservative. But these two major ones in the GTA happened to go red? Uh, I don't think so. I just don't think so. So I, And now, not to mention, we know that there's been Chinese interference in our election, plus all these Chinese police stations that are being taken down all over the place. So there's hope yet in Canada. Um, But uh, as you can tell, this is a worldwide problem. And I think the Brazilians at this point have kind of taken the baton from uh, the Canadian people when it came to um, protests against um, fascist mandates. And now they're showing the rest of the world what to do Uh, when the globalists try to steal an election from you. Anyway, my friends, let's get this show started. We'll be right back. Welcome, friends, to Canadian Patriot Radio, where conspiracy is not theory and political corruption finds the spotlight. CPR, we are committed to upholding Canadians' God-given rights to life, liberty, and freedom with all thy sons. Command. All right, welcome back, my friends. What I want to do next is we're going to turn it over to Ben Armstrong, the Ben Armstrong Show, for this uh, basically roundup of of all the highlights coming out of the Ron Johnson roundtable on the COVID injections. Um, So without any further ado, let's turn it over to Ben Johnson so you guys can hear the witnesses that he's highlighted and everything that came out of all the highlights that came out of this this roundtable. So let's turn it over to Ben Johnson. Here we go. This is Wilner. These are severe adverse events, uh, reports of death, hospitalizations, permanent disability, and life-threatening events. Um, Per year, reports of death, 163. There's been a 4,800% increase in the last two years. For hospitalization, a 2,876% increase. For permanent disabilities, a 2,150% increase. And for life-threatening events, a 2,108% increase. These point to problems, points to problems that need investigation. When we see signals, we should be pausing and studying what's happening. We haven't done that. And it's extremely disappointing to me as a citizen of the United States that that's what's occurring. Folks, remember that VAERS, the system that she's pointing to, only represents a small fraction. But she's giving you percentages of the increase, and they're astronomical. Let me ask you this. Those percentages that she rattled off about these increases, would any, any medicine 
let alone a vaccine, but any medicine, be allowed to be given out to people when it has such disastrous numbers behind it. And remember, VAERS is only maybe 1%. I'm, I'm, I'm leaning towards the, the 1% and, and not even the factor of, when you calculate it, use what Steve Kirsch says, a factor of 41, and you times whatever numbers there are by 41, and you get a closer amount. Or you could do, it's only you're only seeing 1% of what the actual numbers are across the country. And so what we know then is millions have died in America alone from the vaccine. That's what we know from VAERS. That's according to the government, if you calculate your data. If they say millions haven't, they're the ones lying. Their data says millions have. If you calculate the data, they'll, they'll trick you and say their sample size is, is the data. The, the sample size is the uncalculated data. If you calculate the data, millions have died. And tens of millions have been injured from the vaccine in America alone, alone. And then you, you, you think about what's going on around the world. Let me go to the next cut I have for you. And this is Ed Dowd. Told you the best of the best were at this, the best of the best. And these clips are coming from the high wire, uh, which Dell big tree does that show. And, and they were there as well. And this is some of the cuts that we are using from the high wire. Just so you know, Ed Dowd, he takes it away. Take a listen. Uh, we're being very conservative on our start date. The number is probably much higher, but 1.2 million additional Americans in the employed segment of our population uh, left the workforce or get dis didn't leave the work, they got disabled. That is the size of the state of Wyoming and Vermont combined that disappeared from the labor force. So if you're seeing labor shortages all around the country, this might be one of the explanations. My conclusion and our conclusion at Finance Technologies is that the only thing that changed to detrimentally affect the employed versus the much less healthy pop, uh, general population is vaccines and mandates. Um, we're open to discussions to see what could be the possible causes. But what I find interesting and curious is this excess mortality continues, the disabilities continue, and our health authorities have no interest in uh, trying to figure out what's going on. It should be a national story in my mind. And then to, to end, uh, Denmark and the UK have already stopped their vaccination program. Uh, uh, Denmark under 50, uh, they've now said no vaccines for anyone that'd rather you get COVID. The Denmark data, if you look at that, that was a disaster and excess mortality. So they saw something clearly that our US health authority should be seeing as well. The UK's uh, stopped the vaccination for under 12. So. My question, Senator, is why are our health authorities still pushing this vaccine if other countries are backing off? Well, clearly, because they are the most responsible for the mass murder of people all around the world. And if they pull the vaccine in America, instead of killing their own American citizens, if they say we were wrong and we've murdered a whole bunch of people, they could be tried a Nuremberg trial type of trial for crimes against humanity. So in their minds... They will never admit that they murdered millions of people around the world. They're not going to do that. So what, what option do they have? Murder more people. Why do they have to murder more people? Because if they don't murder more people, then they're admitting they murdered a whole bunch of people in the first place. If they pull it and say, oh my gosh, yes, and we need to investigate, and oh my gosh, this is really bad, and all this dead is bad. All they can do, they went so deep, all they can do now is lie and stick to the lie. And sticking to the lie means more people have to get the vaccine and die. Because if we don't push the vaccine, then we look guilty. It, uh, don't We have to act like everything's normal. We said it was all safe and effective and it was good for everybody. So we have to continue to say that or else we're going to look guilty. And here's the thing. They knew it wasn't safe and effective. That's why they're that's why they're even more worse off. And they know that they know they have documented evidence that they knew all this stuff could happen. They knew it was going to happen. They knew they couldn't cure anybody with a vaccine as well. Maybe in a little bit, I'll, I'll rant too much from a different cut. I'll get into how everyone should have known from the very beginning. You cannot cure the common cold. Therefore, if 
COVID-19 is a coronavirus, just like the common cold, then they're not going to be able to cure the coronavirus either with a vaccine. It's literally impossible. I'll, I'll get into that a, a little bit later. Let, let's get to the next cut because I've got too much to get to. Uh, how about this? Josh Sterling. He talks about the UK data. You heard a little bit about that from Edward Dowd. Uh, Josh Sterling then talks about the UK data, and I found this was important stuff for everyone to see. So I'm bringing it to you. Take a listen. You know, the senator asked, asked us to show just the one chart that tells the entire story. This is that chart. Um, the UK government, until this summer, was reporting a data series that showed the relative mortality rates for the vaccinated and unvaccinated by the number of doses of the vaccine. We've done what we think is really professional work with this, and we think it simplifies down to a conclusion that says that through the last available data set, the people in the UK who took the vaccine have a 26% higher mortality rate. The people who are under the age of 50 who took the vaccine now have a 49% higher mortality rate. And worst of all, um, the people who only took one dose of the vaccine have approximately 145% dose worse mortality rate. Hold on, I know that's shocking. The one dose people had the highest, which is a little bit confusing because we know the people that have died the most have actually been the people who have been triple jabbed in the United Kingdom because I've seen all sorts. I've given you all sorts of data on that. He'll explain a lot more about this. But just I, I had to pause it because just think of how horrific that data is. And the UK has only pulled the vaccine for children. How are they not pulling it for everyone? The very same reason why I told you why the United States won't pull it for everyone. The, the UK has drawn the line and said, well, some people are going to have to die but it, 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 for us to keep this lie going, but it, at least make it adults. Let's not murder little children to keep our lie going. Whereas in the United States, they said, oh, we've got to murder little children. We've got to push this on kids. And the reason why the United States wants to murder children to keep their lie going is because that's how the vaccine companies get their immunity. You can't sue the vaccine companies because there's laws on the books that our Congress passed that if it's in the pediatric circle so that Pediatricians don't constantly get sued from all these vaccines. If it gets put in and it gets approved, then you can't sue them, even if it's used for adults. Besides just children, they're exempt from being sued ever. So that is why in the United States, they push so hard to get it so that children would receive the vaccine because it, it, it protects their pocketbook. All the billions of dollars they've scammed murdering people around the world, they would lose all that billions of dollars because they could get sued. So in order to keep billions of dollars, this is not a joke, this is real. In order to, you, you think I'm making this up, I, you can't make this stuff up. In order to keep the billions of dollars they've made murdering people around the world to reduce the population for their liberal agenda of reducing CO2 because they're wacko nut jobs that worship the earth. Because of that, depopulation agenda and they purposefully murdered millions of people around the world they have to murder little children now in order to keep their billions that they made safe if they don't murder m m children with the vaccine then they're not safe because eventually the emergency use is got to at some day be pulled off where it's not considered emergency use and then they could be sued but once they pull the emergency use off but it's in the pediatrician, uh, 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 you can try to sue them. They get to keep their billions of dollars and they get to continue to depopulate the earth. So they win both ways. Now there's people that are part of this that really don't want to depopulate the whole earth, but they know they went in too far and they know if I out them, I could end up in prison the rest of my life. And that's true about, I would say, most of the Western world governments have anyone who is responsible for pushing this vaccine in the Western governments all around the world. All those people are at risk of going to prison for the rest of their life. And therefore, they will never, ever, ever admit that they killed people. They know they can't. So they'll just keep pushing to kill and murder people. Now, he explains this UK data about 
the people that got the one shot had even worse statistics about higher mortality rates. But he tries to explain it. It might be a little confusing, but take a listen. That last data point is on its face confusing, especially because it seems like there's more and more, you know, it just doesn't make a ton of sense unless you realize that what's going on with this really is that the people who took the dose, the first dose in the United States, that's about 12% of people, but then stopped taking any other doses. Those people through their choice to stop, disproportionately the ones who were harmed. And so what we're concluding is that if you happen to be an unlucky person who was in some fashion even moderately injured, minor, with a minor injury, you decided not to continue, the statistics, the best statistics we have, show that you're going to have, at least through today, maybe it'll get better, you know, and obviously we're all here because we're hoping to find treatments and cures and screening and interventions, you know, but if that doesn't happen, we have to assume that this is now the baseline, there's going to be 145% higher mortality. And if you were to take these numbers and just apply them to the United States, that ends up being something like 600,000 excess deaths per year in the United States from this higher vaccine-induced mortality. Well, that means his numbers are off and low. That's what it means because we already know there's been 1.1 million excess deaths. 1.1 million excess deaths in the United States. So it's almost double what he's saying. And we know that. And I knew that would be the case because I calculated the VAERS data and I came to around 1.2 million people dying because of the vaccine when I calculated the VAERS data. That's what I came to. And then later, we have confirmation that we have an excess mortality in the United States of 1.1 million. Surprise! Not really. VAERS told me already, like just simply calculating the government's own data, that that would be the case. Uh, so my numbers are more correct than what he's saying. I'm telling you that. All right. Because <laughs> trust me, I'm using the CDC and their own numbers. So I know they're more quick. And what I'm saying is my numbers are low. It's actually higher than what I'm giving you, but I'll be safe and stick with their own data because I know that it's actually higher than that. But I won't throw those numbers out there because I can't prove that. Then I, then I get into theory. I can prove that VAERS does say around 1.2 million. I don't know where it's at exactly, but if you calculate it properly, you'll get around 1.2 million people dead. All right. Let's go to the next cut. Who do I have for you? Lieutenant Colonel Teresa Long talking about the Department of Defense data. Interesting stuff here. Take a listen. And the total number of reportable events went from 110,000 in 2020 to over 200,000 in 2022. The vaccine was introduced into the military in January of 2021. A reportable event is defined um, as an inherent significant threat to public health and military operations. A reportable event um, represents severe life-threatening clinical manifestations that disrupt military training and deployment. These numbers are consistent with the over um, statistically significant rise in vaccine adverse event reports on service members as provided to me by the CDC, showing 34,000 reports and 119 deaths. Compare this, Senator, to the 93 deaths of service members that were attributed to SARS-CoV-2 infection. Clearly, the risk of the vaccine has already outweighed the benefit. Military vaccine mandates are dangerous and deadly, and they must stop immediately. Yes, and since we know that China was behind a lot of this, why wouldn't we think that the, the push between the people who are bought off by China, like a Dr. Fauci, and the people in our country who were bought off by China have been bought off to the point where they purposefully have tried to mandate and injure and maim our military to weaken it because they hate America and they want to bring it down. And they admit they hate America and they want a global government. And the only way our own American politicians can get their global world government is by destroying America. That's the only way they can get it. And they know that. And they actively work against you and commit treason against this country. COVID-19 vaccine mandates is treason. 
as far as I'm concerned, is more than just, well, it's, it's a crime against all of humanity, I understand, but it's also treason against America, if, if an American politician pushes it, as far as I'm concerned. And you, you can, I don't care what they think, I know that's the case. Uh, they can get mad at me all they want. Uh, Senator Ron Johnson talks to Dr. Robert Malone, and then he's really trying to sum up here, Senator Ron Johnson, about how they lied about the nanoparticles and how they stay in your arm if you're new to uh, all the horrors of the vaccine. When they told you it's safe and effective, and don't worry, it just just goes in the arm. Well, they knew that was a lie, and they knew that was a lie from the beginning, by the way. you got to understand, these people all knew these were lies, and they still told them to you. How do I know they knew? Because we were telling you at the time that they were lying to you, and we knew what the truth was. So, of course they knew. All right, here's Senator Ron Johnson. So, we were told that this injection would stay in the arm muscle, and it would quickly produce those spike protein that the body would create, create antibodies for and that mRNA would degrade and all would be well. And there wouldn't be any kind of long-term impact. But it was encapsulated in a nanoparticle that was designed to permeate difficult to permeate barriers. So it bi-distributed all over the body. We'll talk about that later. And the mRNA lasts a whole lot longer than anybody was told. And in particular... Technical challenges. And, <laughs> and, and in particular, much longer than physicians and other healthcare providers were told by the pharmaceutical industry and the U.S. government, including HHS. Over. Okay, thank you. Yeah, well, the pharmaceutical companies and the government basically lied straight face to you. That's what they did because they don't care. Why don't they care? Because it's it's about money and it's about a belief in depopulation. It's one or the other. It couldn't be both. You can get rich and kill people. And that's what the, the globalists have realized. We can depopulate the earth and get super rich at the same time. We get to do both. We get to be greedy and murder people. Sweet. Yeah. Uh, they have to be saying sweet because they keep pushing it, folks. If you think I'm being uh, uh, harsh or over the top, then they would pull the vaccine right now. With all this evidence, they would pull it immediately. The fact that they don't means they want more people to die and they want to depopulate the earth and they're happy they've gotten rich over it. And look, if you're an evolutionist and you don't believe in God, it's survival of the fittest, right? That's the way it is. How about this? Dr. Lindsay. Dr. Lindsay talks about how the um, this could change future generations because this they're not looking at how this affects the genes and could get into the testicles and actually affect children who have not even been born yet. And no one's really looking into this angle. Take a listen. The real thing that we have to worry about right now is what are we potentially putting into the next generation? Since the 2000s, we've remarked on how we need to be careful that if we use gene therapies, that they are not passed on to subsequent generations. It is brought up again and again and again. There are excellent articles on it, one by Dr. Nancy King, one by uh, Dr. Susan Epstein of the FDA, the recombinant uh, DNA advisory board. They both cautioned that if gene therapies got to the testes, which many do, that they could be passed on to next generations as inadvertent gene transfer. They both said, we have to study this, we must study this. It was never studied. The truth is that Dr. Corrado Spadafora brought forth that if you just incubate sperm with DNA, which, is, which can be reverse transcribed by transcriptases present, that you can pass that on extra chromosomally without even having to integrate it. That means two ways to pass these on and potentially cause harm. This has not been looked into and it must be looked into. It is absolutely irresponsible to continue any of these shots in our reproductive age kids or younger. Yeah, and I've got to end it there because I'm out of time. But folks, there's so much more to bring you. 
Uh, this is basically part one, hopefully in an entertaining way as well, not a boring way. Uh, how about this? Let's let's. If you missed part one, I suggest you go see part one, because some of you I know are joining right in the middle of part two, or right at the start of part two, but it's in the middle of covering all of this. Uh, you can watch this. It's fine. It, 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 you don't have to see part one to watch this video, but I'm just saying it might be better that you, you watch part one, but because you might get, well, you'll miss things. Anyways. That's up to you. Uh, Dell Bigtree, he, he's then brought in to talk about how they lied straight face because he's the media member that's there besides the experts and doctors and, and everybody who is an expert in their field. Um, Dell Bigtree shows how the media lied straight face to you about the vaccine. And remember, they told you it was safe and effective when they knew it wasn't. And here's the point I really need to make right away. If you say, well, they didn't know at the time. They absolutely did. How do you know? Because I knew at the time. So I knew they, they were lying. They also knew what to censor. And they were censoring the stuff that we were putting out at the New American. They were trying to censor and, and destroy our reputations for spreading the truth about all of this. So they did know. Because they knew who to censor and they knew who to stop. Besides the fact that they had to know scientifically, because you cannot cure a coronavirus with a vaccine, it is literally impossible. Science has never been able to do so. And I know this is technically not a vaccine. It's gene therapy. I get that. But you still cannot cure a virus in that way you, by injecting your blood. First of all, the reason why they can't cure the common cold is simple. Dr. Bhakti always explains this. You have two different immune systems, the respiratory and digestive tract, and then the rest of your body where with your blood and your organs and stuff. Two separate immune systems, which is why they can't cure the common cold, because the common cold infects you through the respiratory tract, okay? And if they inject you to stop that in your blood, automatically you already know it's not going to work. Because it's not protecting you where your where your body is actually going to get infected. This is why they've tried to do those flu in, in, inhaler things that have never really worked, where they try to coat your lungs with something to protect you from getting the flu. If they could develop something that actually did do something to your lungs to prevent uh, you getting an airborne virus, that might actually work, but they've never been able to be successful at it. And since they can't cure the common cold, they can't cure the coronavirus. I said this before there was any studies. I knew that right away. Uh, I, I, before the vaccine ever came out, when, they, when Donald Trump was suggesting, can we get a vaccine? I was on the radio saying, folks, unless they say they've cured the common cold, you can never believe that they actually developed a vaccine. They're going to say they did because they can make billions of dollars. So obviously they're going to say, oh, yeah, yeah, we did. And I guarantee you they can't. But if they if they cure the common cold, I will change my tone. I will let you know, OK, they've cured the common cold. Then that means they can cure a coronavirus, which means they can cure COVID-19. So, yes, from the beginning, all scientists should have known it was a scam because a talk show host knew I knew they couldn't cure the common cold. And I knew the common cold was a coronavirus. So that I knew from that alone. So everyone should have known. But I'm telling you, the media did know. I said all that not to toot my horn, but to anger you ahead of time so that you know these punks lied straight face because these people do know more than the average person what I just said was true and they knew it at the time. Take a listen. Well, we, we live in a time where we're discussing misinformation. Almost everybody at this table has been claimed to be spreading misinformation. I just wanted to show what we were actually seeing in the news as the official information and sort of just bring up a question that brought about as a journalist looking into this. So we can play the video. Go right ahead. Everyone, everyone who takes the vaccine is not just protecting themselves, but reducing their transmission. 
uh, to other people and allowing society to get back to normal. We can kind of almost see the end. We're, we're vaccinating so very fast. Our data from the CDC today suggests, um, you know, that, that vaccinated people do not carry the virus, don't get sick. Getting vaccinated and getting a booster shot when eligible can save your life and protect you and your family and friends from getting seriously ill and spreading infection. What do you think the probability is? 80%? Personally, I think it's 100%. I think that there's a reduction in transmission. Right. Essentially, vaccines block you from getting and giving um, the virus. If enough people get vaccinated, it actually halts transmission. You're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. We have all the vaccines we need. We just need our people to take it. A, for their own protection, for the protection of their family, but also to break the chain of transmission. You want to be a dead end to the virus. So when the virus gets to you, you stop it. You don't allow it to use you as the stepping stone to the next person. Now we know that the vaccines work well enough that the virus stops with every vaccinated person. A vaccinated person gets exposed to the virus. The virus does not infect them. The virus cannot then use that person to go anywhere else. It cannot use a vaccinated person as a host to go get more people. That means the vaccines will get us to the end of this. I just want to point out that obviously we haven't gotten to the end of this. And, you know, when those statements were being made as a journalist, I looked at the emergency use authorization for the vaccine and wanted to see had they achieved the stopping transmission, which is our definition of a vaccine. For most lay people, which is all I am, I'm not a medical uh, expert, but, but we're supposed to be able to stop the infection. Therefore, we can create herd immunity. But when we looked at the emergency use authorization, which is right on the screen, if you look what it says under transmission, this is what was known the moment they were making those statements. Can I have the next slide, please? What was known was that the data are um, not there, limited to assess the effects of the vaccine against transmission of SARS-CoV-2. They had no idea. They had no idea if it would stop the infection, yet they were making those statements on the news. And then just a few weeks ago at the EU, they are having hearings that are very important right now. They, they asked uh, Borla, the head of Pfizer, to come in. He sent someone just underneath him. This is what she had to say when asked about testing of transmission in the trials for the vaccine. I think they'll find this interesting. Was, was the Pfizer COVID vaccine tested on stopping the transmission of the virus before it entered the market? If not, please say it clearly. If yes, are you willing to share the data with this committee? And I really want a straight answer, yes or no, and I'm looking forward to it. Thank you very much. Um, regarding the question around, um, did we know about stopping immunisation before um, it entered the market? No. Uh, these, um, you know, we had to really move at the speed of science to really understand what is taking place in the market. And from that point of view, we had to do everything at risk. I just want to finish up this point by saying that, you know, now the EU is looking at suing to get their money back because of the fraud over this product. That's right. It's all fraud. They, they knew. Folks, they know they can't cure the common cold. Nobody ever makes that point. I'm, I feel like I'm the only one that ever makes that point. You know how they all know they can't you do a vaccine for the common cold and for any coronavirus. This is what you have to understand. There's lots of coronaviruses, mostly in cold forms. And COVID-19 is basically a cold, a severe one designed as a bioweapon so it, it hits a human harder than what a normal cold would do that's true because it's engineered in a chinese biological weapon factory but the point is it's still a cold virus basically and if they can't cure any coronaviruses with vaccines and it's literally impossible because they can't cure any airborne virus these have to be disease blood things that that they might be able to do with a vaccine nothing from the airborne and that's a scientific fact then how can they run around pretending like we've we've done it we've cured the common cold because that's what they were saying every time i would say when they would push that covid19 uh injection and say oh they cured the common cold i didn't know that that happened how come that's not how can these people haven't won the nobel prize evil nasty 
evil people. And those media members knew it too. They knew it because I was screaming it from the beginning that they're scamming you and lying and they can't do that and they scientifically can't do it. And they, they, they knew they're just pure evil because they want to kill people for depopulation, clearly. All right. How about the next cut I have for you? And that is Dr. James Thorpe. Dr. James Thorpe is talking about how the CDC ignored the horrific effects on women and babies. But what I will say is that the CDC and the FDA look for a twofold increase as a danger signal, a twofold increase. What our study showed was not twofold increases, but 50, 100, or 1,000 increases in menstrual abnormalities, for example, almost 1,200-fold increase compared to the influenza vaccine. About miscarriage, 58-fold increase in miscarriage from the COVID-19 vaccines compared to that of the influenza vaccine. And I could go on and on. Fetal death, 38-fold increase. This is what I've seen. This is what the data shows. My patients are the rate-limiting factor of future generations of the human race. I want to ask why the American Board of Obstetrics and Gynecology, why the American College of OBGYN, and why the Society of Maternal Fetal Medicine, all of whom I've served in a professional capacity in an outstanding fashion my entire career, why they are pushing this lethal vaccine in risking the future of all humanity. Dr. Thank Thorpe, you, Senator. So, yes or no question. Do you, do you recommend a half a glass of wine to your pregnant patients? No. Um, I, I do want you to very briefly cover, because I know you had done a, uh, a deep dive in peer-reviewed literature on actual case studies on adverse events. What, 1,366? You nailed it. Can you just quick, I mean, quick summarize it, because we need to get... Yes, I will. And, and indeed, uh, published earlier this year, um, a couple articles. Uh, uh, and in that article, I reviewed and studied 1,366 peer-reviewed medical journal publications in the world literature documenting death and destruction after the COVID-19 vaccine. And I can list all those. I categorically, I published them all in a journal. The Gazette of Medical Sciences published 200 pages of the abstracts of published literature and compared with other vaccines for a century, all the other vaccines, no comparison. So how is this still being pushed on the world and especially in America where it's pushed number one in America because it's too weak in America, destroy the population and destroy the population around the world in order to bring in a one world government. And it's easier to control when you have less people and the, and some of them actually do believe like the earth is going to die because of CO2, as foolish as that is. So they think, well, we're saving the planet for future generations. We must murder this generation so that future generations can live. So part of it, you know, that's a bunch of crap. Um, we care so much about humanity in the future, and we're so worried about CO2 and what future generations might face because of CO2. You know what we should do is just murder this entire generation. And that will make sure that there can be no other future generations born in the future anyways, because we've wiped out the entire population. But but it, it'll preserve the planet for future generations. Don't worry. That's what we're doing. We're preserving the planet for future generations with our CO2 plot to depopulate the Earth. Folks, it's just pure evil. Either they're the stupidest people on the face of the Earth, they're demonically possessed, or a combination of both. I, I, who knows? Let me Let me move on. Uh, Dr. Ryan Cole shows horrific images of what the spike protein can do to the heart. In the laboratory, we can do special stains. Now, autopsies have been discouraged by our federal agencies and by Dr. Fauci. You can't find what you don't look for, but a handful of us around the world have been looking. And here on the left, all of that brown is expression of spike protein in the heart cells. 
if you're developing immunity to a natural infection, you, you want that protein and that reaction where it comes in and the next time that's where you're protected. But we're putting this into the body through the whole system. Now it is hijacking any and every organ it wants to. It's not just that this spike protein is dangerous. The lipid nanoparticle will go anywhere into the body. It was designed to carry chemotherapeutic agents to the brain. You don't want spike protein in your brain. So that is spike protein in the heart, inducing inflammatory reactions. Remember poking a hole, throwing hand grenades in? That's what your immune cells are now doing to your own cells. Uh, Dr. Hageman, European Journal of Immunology, it's called antibody-dependent cellular cytotoxicity. Yes, and it's causing myocarditis. And it's, it, it can happen in any of your organs, sadly. Uh, it, it's this is truly a bioweapon that only could be thought up by evil human beings to do something like this, folks. This the the consequences of the vaccine are so horrific they have to be intentional. You couldn't even accidentally do this. It's too perfect for their agenda. If you want to depopulate the earth and slowly do it, you give them a vaccine-induced AIDS, VAIDS, where their immune system is damaged, and then they'll slowly die and it could be two years from now but because of their weakened immune system of something else and it might look like you didn't even do anything at the same time it's going to affect their reproductive systems men and women reduce the sperm count dramatically which has been proven in, in scientific studies it's a total fact a harm the woman's reproductive systems which we know that in the excess bleeding and all of that that's going on so you're you're actually sterilizing people so you're not only killing people, you're preventing people from having kids. And if you promote it for pregnant women, you're going to promote a whole bunch of miscarriages and death of babies. It's so perfect for someone who wants depopulation. How could you think it's not? How could you think it's an accident? How could you think, wait, the depopulation globalist, Bill Gates, who runs around worried and saying we need to control the population, is the number one advocate for this. And even was on tape saying that vaccines could be used to help depopulate the earth. And this thing does exactly that perfectly in a way that when they're designing it, think they they're thinking we could do this and people wouldn't even know what's going on. But that 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 they just those same people just accidentally stumbled upon this vaccine to do all those things. It's just coincidence. Uh, I I. I don't I want to say more, but I know I'll just get too angry over people who don't see it and are too stupid to understand the evil in our world. Evil exists. And you have witnessed some of the most evil in all of mankind's history. That's what you have witnessed. And you need to know it. How about this? More images from Dr. Ryan Cole. That big brown thing in the middle. This is from the lung of an individual that did not live. But see all the brown in the middle of that? This spike protein in the absence of the platelets will still clump and fold proteins. And everybody hears about these, you know, scary, unusual clots. Thankfully, it's not happening to everybody. But are we testing people with clotting disorders before we ask them to get a shot? No. And even if they have a problem after one shot, we're telling them to get another one. We know this causes clotting. That is one big clot in a deceased person. See that little circle down there? That's the lining of the wall of a blood vessel. And all that brown, that whole vessel is lined with deposited spike protein after an injection. And I'll segue real quick. The next slide, please. See all those brown dots? That's brain. Does that spike protein, anybody heard of brain fog after the infection? Sure. What about brain fog after the injections? What about persistent brain fog? We're slowing a neurological function. Does this foreign protein with inflammatory and immune system toxicity belong within the neurons of our brain? Thank you. All right, folks. And I want to give you testimony as quickly as I possibly can from a victim. So take a listen. Um, my name is Brianne Dressen. I'm a previously healthy mother of two young kids and uh, a preschool teacher. My life before my vaccine was beautiful. Sorry, it's hard to remember the worst parts of my life. Um, 
Unfortunately, I'm not alone. I participated in the clinical trial for AstraZeneca, and now I suffer from a severe debilitating form of neuropathy that will progress until I'm essentially left in a care home. I'm not alone in my struggle. Unfortunately, there are other clinical trial participants that are dealing with the same thing. There's Olivia Tessinara, who's a Moderna clinical trial participant, who now has severe and rare T-cell lymphoma. She's coded as moderate lymphadenopathy in the report. I'm not even in my report. Augusto Rue with Pfizer, severe um, and lasting at neurocardiogenic side effects. He's coded as fully recovered. Maddie DeGarry, a 12-year-old, confined to a wheelchair, feeding tube, coded as a stomach ache. This progressed on to the public rollout. One in three reports and bears. We don't know what's happening to these reports. Where are these people? We found over 20,000 COVID vaccine injured in just a short year, with Joel and I founding an organization that's dedicated to advocating for the healing of these people who are suffering. The NIH knows they flew us out, they researched us. They also help people with secret protocols that the public still does not know about. I know because I was one of those people that was given those protocols that Joel and I now use daily to help prevent severe disease from happening to people who are newly injured. The FDA also knows all of this. And when we've talked to them about these secrets, the response that we got was, there are no secrets here. Folks. So there's just a few highlights from the roundtable, uh, Senator Ron Johnson's roundtable. Um, there's also um, testimony from uh, a few that uh, break down the fact that it actually is a gene therapy, something we've been saying for a long time. Um, it's kind of not surprising. Any of this is not surprising for those of you that have, have been following this from the beginning and been against it from the very beginning. But now it's uh it's out there it's in the open um the vaccines are killing people and um, governments are still pushing it plus they knew this is something that's something on this show we've been saying for the longest time that that knowingly word uh how when did they know that the vaccines were detrimental to human health well it was during the pfizer studies that they tried to bury for 77 years that got released so <clears throat> I don't know, it's, it's humorous, I guess, in a way, to watch uh, Trudeau still spout off about getting vaccinated this winter. Like, and the fact that in Canada, they just, they just approved the bivalent vaccine for children. Um, like you heard Ben Armstrong say, they, at this point, they're committed. They have to go along with the lie. They have no choice. Because if they admit that they are wrong, then they open themselves up for liability. And I don't think there's any way to get out of that. Eventually, it's going to happen. I think their hope is that everybody that was on the front line for the globalists that were that were pushing these shots uh, is basically dead or gone by the time that you know the real, um, I guess, uh, trials happen for 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 what this is. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed this show. I know Ben can be pretty uh, pretty uppity about the way he broadcasts, but it's uh, you know my focus was trying to get the highlights. In, in into a pro podcast that's that's roughly an hour long so as always um if you want to reach out to me you can find me on facebook it's canadian patriot radio uh use the message button it comes directly to me for anything that you think is show worthy if you prefer emails canadian patriot radio at gmail.com the telegram room is uh cpr underscore uh underscore two t dot me backslash cpr underscore uh, two. And the website is CanadianPatriotRadio.ca. Thank you so much for tuning in again, my friends. And until next time, in all thy sons, command. joining us for another episode of Canadian Patriot Radio. CPR is not filmed before a live studio audience. If you like the show, friends, make sure you give us a thumbs up. 
and share us on all your social media platforms. Until next time, take care.